Welcome back to Off the Record, conversations on the creative landscape. My name is Philip, and today we have a super interesting guest from a super interesting industry. It's Max Tostorf, who's the head of marketing at Polestar Germany. You could argue when designing a car, it shouldn't just be like a crazy creative design, but it should also be functional, right? And the same, I would say, applies for any, any advertising, for any campaign that we do. And we're going to talk about the business model of Polestar, the Challenger electric company, the way they do things differently, how uh, Instagram design community influenced what they're doing, um, their approach on sustainability and lots of different things that are relevant to this progressive movement of electric vehicles. With me today is Max Tostorf. He is head of marketing at Polestar Germany. Polestar is a Challenger electric car manufacturer, has brought out the Polestar 1 and the Polestar 2, two really, really amazing cars out there who has been following the electric vehicle industry, has heard about them, and I'm super excited to have him here. He's based in Cologne. Uh, welcome, Max. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Maybe could you introduce yourself to the audience, please? Sure. Um, yeah, Max, um, I'm uh, the head of marketing for Polestar Automotive Germany um, and uh, in this role for about one and a half years now. Uh, super exciting um, entering the, the electric vehicle market uh, with this exciting brand. Um, I came uh, my past from uh, Red Bull where I did brand marketing in uh, for, for the international business and for the US business later on. All right. Maybe we can start early in the career. After graduating school, you you did a apprenticeship in a, in a bank, in a traditional bank. So in Germany, um, where you um, were at that time, um, you went to the Sparkasse, which is considered or was considered back then a very like dusty old school type of um, institution. How did you come from, from such a place to such a super progressive type of company i mean what was the the journey for you well that's uh, uh that's a long way back um i uh, well starting starting there uh to be quite honest uh, after my a levels um i was not 100 sure what i wanted to study i was um raised quite uh, conservative um so uh, what i was taught was that um, it's not really good to start studying something and then um just deciding no i don't want to i don't want to do it anymore i do something else and and breaking up that study. Um, so I decided for something more, um, yeah, more solid in the, in the beginning where I could foresee the end as well. So I'm not stuck in something um, forever, basically, but I can finish it and then still decide to do something else. Mm. I made the decision to do this because I was uh, back in the days quite interested in, um, in finances. And a lot of my friends were interested in finances. It's a lot of money lying in there. It's, uh, you can calculate with it a lot. It's not like It's more black and white decisions than I feel this is good or I feel this is good. Um, and it, it was not so subjective. Um, so that's what I liked about it. Um, after two weeks uh, in, in, in the apprenticeship, uh, which I did in Cologne, I already knew this is really not what I wanted to go for because I, uh, I discovered my, my creativity then quite, quite fast. Um, but I still uh, stuck to it so because I didn't want I didn't want to break it up um, and uh, had to fight through basically uh, two and a half years. 
which was really a long fight, to be honest, um, but it also taught me a lot, uh, which I now know um, many, many years later. And then uh, it also uh, yeah, brought me to make one of the, one of the pe best decisions so far in my life, which was uh, moving to Austria to study because I was so tired of doing what other people tell me and doing what, what um, basically uh, is, is good for my CV that I just decided to do what, what I really wanted. And it was always my dream to live in a ski resort. I was, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a passionate skier. So um, I decided to move to Innsbruck where I could on the one hand study sports, uh, which I like doing a lot. Um, and then on the other hand, also study business economy um, and, and all together. So it kind of hits up on what I was doing before, but also hits up on what I wanted to do. Uh, I ended up moving there with uh, two of my best friends and uh, we ended up uh, skiing so much that uh, we didn't really sign up for the sports study um, or sports communication, but we signed up for business economy. Well, that went quite well. Uh, I had uh, basically the life I wanted to. I was totally free. Um, I was a new person in a new town, could define myself. And uh, by that really developed also my my sense for creativity, um, which then led me to um, finishing not only my bachelor's in Innsbruck, um, but also doing my master's there in strategic management with a focus on marketing, because I was not just, I, I was not like a, a good painter or drawer in a, when it comes to creativity, I was more like a, a creative thinker, if you want. And what I really mm -hmm. liked was combining business needs and, and a strategy with finding creative solutions um, to solve problems. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what led me to, to, this, to this master studies and to a job on the side in a, in a creative agency where I could do this for, for customers. Yeah, that way my, my, um, my wish to, to work in marketing and, and combine those two passions in the best possible way um, led to uh, an application um, at Red Bull in the end. Um, and uh, luckily I got accepted as, uh, I think one, uh, or in the end it was like 40, 46 people that were accepted from, uh, I think more than 5,000 applicants across Europe for this, wow. for this traineeship. And um, I got really lucky. Every, everybody listening now, you, you would have to know that the Red Bull headquarters is also in Austria. Yeah, sure. It didn't mean mean a lot uh, of movement for me, even though I wanted to, to stay in Innsbruck and not move to Salzburg, which is perceived as a beautiful city, but also um, a less exciting city, I would say. Oh, you mean like super boring? Or super boring. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, not everybody would support me on that. But um, yeah, it, it's still it's, it's a cool city, but it's, it's less cool than Innsbruck is uh, for younger people. Yeah, but I, I got accepted there, um, but I also have to say, even there, I had to make um, a compromise because I couldn't uh, go straight into into the marketing department. I was working in the trade marketing department for my um, traineeship. Um, and uh, trade marketing, even though there's marketing in the name at Red Bull, this, is, uh, this falls under sales. Um, and uh, it's the most creative part of sales there, I would say. And I enjoyed it a lot. I had, had great people I worked with and for. I had, had great bosses um, that taught me a lot again as well. Um, but then uh, right after the two and a half years traineeship, I uh, made a quick, or it was one and a half years traineeship and I stayed a little bit uh, in the department still afterwards. I made a decision to um, basically not try to move up, but move sideways to the marketing department to even live my creativity more. Um, where I then joined the uh, Department for Consumer Activations, where we're actually trying to connect all the the um, 
assets that Red Bull has, like athletes, events, etc., mm. uh, with the can, so the 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 can business itself, um, uh, and that's called consumer activations. And um, this is uh, what I did then in the brand department there. And um, yeah, again, could could really um, live my creativity better, um, and uh, had a had a really good time. Um, was able to learn a lot. Was able to grow inside the company. And then got the opportunity to uh, do the same in the U.S. for for the whole U.S. market. Um, mm. It was an open opportunity, and it was always my dream to move there. Luckily, their headquarter in the U.S. is also in Santa Monica, so um, I had the chance to live my second dream that I had for my life, which was living at a beach. Um, so I had about nice. 13 years living in the mountains and skiing, and then I could do this. And um, I also have to say, it was always very important to me to. Um, live somewhere or at least um, not do something just for the job but also either have friends where you go and 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 really have a good work-life balance on that side mm. um, there's obviously times uh, specifically now in the new job where the work-life balance is suffering a little but um, as long as you find passion and and uh, satisfaction in your job i think that's not the biggest issue so uh, yeah i was lucky to move there and um, was working there for almost two years um, from Los Angeles, a city I really love and uh, made great experience, uh, grew professionally a lot as well, ran into a couple of um, intercultural um, difficulties, you could call it maybe. Ah, th th that's interesting. Can you tell us about those difficulties? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, let's say like that, in, in, in Germany, when you grew up in Germany and, and, and in Austria, Specifically in Austria, you can be quite straightforward and honest when you have an opinion and you believe this is the right thing for the business. I think what people in Europe are better at is um, you discuss a business topic, you can get into a hard argument or I wouldn't call it fight, but just a discussion. And you can be honest because you want to drive the business. Um, but then after the meeting, you just go out and you're friends again. Um, and this is something that I had to learn in the hard way in the US that uh, you just don't do it that way. Um, people are not as harsh as we are. People are very, very sensitive, way more sensitive, and you have to be way more sensitive with them as well. You mm -hmm. have to be careful what you say and how you say it. And also um, the language barrier is there um, and you have, this is what I mean with you have to be careful what you say. So um, the way I was saying things, even if I thought I'm polite, Sometimes uh, you do not appear that polite over mm. there. Um, just with a harsh business style, uh, you don't get far. Um, mm. So that's what, what I learned within the first weeks already. Um, mm. And you have to adapt to that. Um, and uh, it was quite interesting. Um, but then also if people understand um, how you mean things, then usually you can push things very well um, because you're just like a straightforward thinker mm. and um, you are not afraid to tell your opinion and those kind of things. Um, but that's something that's something I really learned in, in a very positive way. Um, so uh, that's that's one of the, the examples I can give. So yeah. So at some point uh, you had to move away from from Red Bull to to Polestar. How how did that happen? Uh, so I mean, as a German, you always uh, have a kind of feeling how an understanding for how big the the automotive industry can be. Uh, Germany is the country or one of the countries of uh, the automotive industry. But I was never very passionate about working for 
companies that are not very sustainable and, and polluting the air. Even though it's 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 very very attractive companies, it's great brands, it's 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 good marketing they do. But I was I was I was trying to focus more and more on the sustainability part. Also something that um, uh, appeared in the U.S. more and more. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in California, people are really striving for sustainability. It's a lot of people taking care about the health as well and those kind of things. Environmental topics, environmental activists. And um, then also me being there um, two years in a row, we had big fires um, and those kind of things happen and, and you, you get more sensitive towards the topic. So um, for me, um, the industry was always attractive, not just because there's a lot of money in it, but also because um, like mobility is such a such a deep topic for all human beings if it's about travel if it's about um just uh, our flexibility in the daily life cars i guess will always be there um but they were not sustainable enough for me and now with the new trend of uh, electric mobility um this topic became interesting again so i always uh, threw an eye on this industry but i never really thought i would i would actually apply for a role somewhere mm. I actually didn't really think about going back to Germany that moment. I was, I was thinking about staying in my role, and um, it was a little bit uh, tricky to to move up um, in uh, uh, in headquarters in in the U.S. at Red Bull, just because um, a lot of changes happening, um, but not the changes that usually uh, made it possible for people to grow. It was just very new people from outside being put in the company, and just uh, in that moment, two people were put in, into the the two positions right in front of me. And so it was um, quite tricky to imagine to move up uh, within that company in that moment, not changing roles, mm -hmm. which I didn't want to. What I did, I uh, said, okay, give it some time. I will just open um, myself on LinkedIn to to be open for new opportunities. Could have literally been everything, um, moving moving uh, to a new company in the US or, or also any other country of the world. Yeah, so I didn't think they will um, open the market roles for Polestar already in 2019. Uh, I thought that's going to come a little later in the history of, of the company. So um, when I saw this position being opened up, I thought, oh, not only that this company is very interesting to me um, and it's really solving the issue of not being sustainable in this industry, um, I also like the, the, vision, uh, the, the visionary appearance of the, of the brand itself and, and the brand work they do, even though it hasn't been that much yet. Um, they were just starting. And also I thought uh, not that it's just interesting from a sustainability perspective to me, but I also see big, big potential in this whole industry itself, in, in the electric mobility industry. So I thought if I have a chance to jump on that train in a position where I can also test and also uh, test myself and show what I'm capable of, this could be the opportunity. Mm. It might be it might be the once in a lifetime chance you have, mm. and um, yeah, then I I just I just dropped him a note and uh, he said, oh, I didn't know that you're already willing to come back. Um, put me in contact with HR, and then uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. I went through the through the normal uh, application process uh, with a couple of cases, and and luckily. I was also working at Red Bull a lot with the German market uh, beforehand. And also so, you grew up in Germany, so... Well, obviously, but even in the automotive industry, things change so rapidly here that uh, like, I couldn't really say I know the automotive industry in Germany, but I know the market. Mm. And um, it's also a recruiting strategy. I know that now um, of Polestar in marketing positions to not necessarily hire people from the automotive industry. Because ah, we want to do things... 
We want to do things differently, I would say. And have why, why is that? Is it is it that you just you know you want less crust, less to do things differently? Yeah, I think it's about on the one hand it's new perspectives. Um, I think everything that ha has happened in marketing in the past was from company side um, was not necessarily too exciting. Um, they all kind of did the same, so uh, never change a winning strategy if you want. But um, it was time for something new. So we have a new product. We have a new approach. So why not have a new approach to marketing too? Um, mm. We have uh, a totally different business model. So we are, uh, we are, we are selling our cars online, right? Uh, I mean, people are used to it from Tesla now, but that has been the only company. I think uh, this will also be the path of the future. So you need to tell different stories in a different way to a different audience potentially. I think <clears throat> this perspective can be brought in from, from people that have not been in the automotive industry before. Mm. And they do not uh, deal with this business for a long time already. How do other marketing experts uh, at competitor companies, how do they see this type of strategy? Do they think it's laughable or do they think it's clever or are they neutral about it? Um, the, the strategy of selling cars online? No, no, no. The, the strategy of like non-industry experts, you know, getting on the marketing, for example. I honestly do not really know. I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I, I talked to a lot of these these people, but I never asked them this question. To be honest, um, mm. so far when I was talking to them, I had the feeling they they respect me and also my, my other colleagues um, in the other marketing departments. I sometimes have the feeling, like first in the in the beginning, you need to show what you're capable of, right? So mm. you bring bring a couple of projects to life. Um, to see if, if they're working or not, if, if your strategy is working, if your approach is working. And it's not just adapting what, what headquarters does, but um, you need to understand what do people in Germany need and want to know about the product and what's, what's really interesting for them about the product. Mm. So that's what we're trying to point out and, and learning how, to, how the customer here ticks. The first projects um, that we rolled out, um, they actually resonated quite well with, with the people I talked to from other companies. Um, they are giving very, very positive feedback. Um, they really like new approaches. Um, but you also have to say that we are still in an exploration phase. Like we want to, we, we know what we want to be out there as Polestar. We have a vision, but um, it's not, it's not set in stone. Like this is, this is how Polestar is and this is what we will be. We are also evolving still. We are still a young company, right? So mm. we are, we are, we are slowly, but very surely finding our place. Um, in this in this industry. Let's talk about the online sales model. Um, how's it different from other companies? So I, I see, for example, Volvo is also selling cars online. You can purchase a Mercedes online. How does how's what's the the real difference? So um, the other the other companies are are picking it up as well. You can buy it online. You can figure your car on car online. Uh, what in the end happens is you still go to um, the, the classic car dealership that you know, either to pick it up or also um, to uh, get some quotes in. What they do is they, they order uh, a specific amount of cars um, and actually the car dealership itself is, is an own company. Um, with It's like a franchise system, if you will, mm. and uh, they purchase cars. So the moment the cars land at the car dealership, actually the car manufacturer is kind of out of the game. They made their money and then it's up to the, the car dealership to sell it, obviously under certain uh, corporate identity, etc., and, and certain processes. But then it's up to them to sell them. 
And um, we take out that, that component, um, which gives us, first of all, the opportunity to have price transparency fully. Mm -hmm. So you don't go to one dealer and you get a different quote and different offer than at another dealer. Um, we only have one price, mm -hmm. which is what it is. So you're basically a direct-to-consumer brand. We are a direct-to-consumer brand, obviously, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we, we, take, uh, we take out this, this step in between. <clears throat> we only have, uh, which also brings less costs, which can yeah. make the product a little less expensive yeah. for what we offer. Yes, I, I saw a, a review about your car. Uh, in, a, in the so there's a German tabloid paper called Build, and they have a, a car section, and they actually quoted that they hate this car because they cannot find anything to criticize. This is super <laughs> funny, and also uh, they said that because the price is for the performance and everything, and you know the way it's done is so cheap. So I guess one secret to that might be your cheaper sales channel. Absolutely. Um, so this is where we definitely save uh, money. Just imagine the, the, the rent that, that uh, uh, all the dealers have to pay for, um, for the huge facilities they have. And, and this is all mm. stuff that goes in the value chain, right? Mm. So we cut that out, basically. Mm. Um, and uh, it's quite interesting, this, this quote from the build as well, because um, a lot of uh, customers perceive our car still as expensive. Specifically, the chat we had before uh, over social media, a lot of people just post there, the, way, the car is way too expensive. For everyone who's listening, before we started the recording, we were talking about social media advertising comments that people say that everybody has an opinion about uh, the electric vehicle industry, uh, about Polestar, uh, about sustainability, and that they, um, yeah, that they think the car is extremely expensive. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of people that, that think that. And you have to say, for, for the average person, average income, obviously the car is not cheap, yes, for sure. Yes. But compared to other comparable vehicles, it's cheap. Yeah, compared to, compared to, the, other, to the other vehicles that, um, in, in the class that we're dealing with, mm -hmm. um, the, the interior and, and the features that we have in the car, as Bill says, um, you pay a lot more at other brands. And uh, this is something, uh, this is the comparison we're actually trying to force, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, for, for what we offer, um, I, wouldn't call, I wouldn't call it cheap, but it's worth the price, worth the mm. money. Mm. You, get a, you get a lot of bang for your buck, if you will. And um, this, is, this is really the promise we make. We know it's not a car everybody can afford, um, but uh, also within the next year, there is new uh, models or so new variants of the car come in um, so we get a lot cheaper too and uh, will be more affordable for other for other people as well and, um, and also have more use cases where to use our car mm. why why do other car manufacturers don't have this this direct to consumer approach is it because they don't want to scare their you know their dealers away or, or i mean especially like in a pandemic you know when no, nobody can go to a dealer or less people can go to a dealer. Wouldn't it make total sense for a brand like Mercedes or Audi just to sell their car online directly? Well, as you said before, they are already picking it up and starting to do it. Um, mm -hmm. You see that with Volvo explicitly, um, mm -hmm. but as you mentioned before, Mercedes is doing it as well right now. It, it's not the pandemic necessarily. Um, I think it has a lot of value if you have a local car dealer. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, just, just speaking, for example, from my parents, um, you have a local car dealer that you trust. He always gives you the best offer, right? People yeah. also in Germany necessarily, people love to, to get offers and, and try to negotiate. And mm. um, this is what they love. They, ha they love to have a person they trust. They need uh, the person they can go to around the corner to handle their issues with a car. 
Mm. And and it's totally understandable. Um, and uh, also, you need to think about cars being the second like biggest purchase people make in their life after buying a house. Mm. So it's it's a it's a big investment for people, and um, they stick with this investment for ten, fifteen, sometimes twenty years. Mm. So um, when something breaks down, and uh, you you want to have that person that can service it right right around the corner, mm. and that's how the generations um, uh, before us uh, grew up. Mm. But things change now. We are we live in the digital age, and people are more used to purchasing things online. They know where to send it back, and uh, people in, in in our and younger generations are not that much used to getting offers from different people for something anymore. They are not used to needing this, this, this contact person to bring a car for a service. They trust the online business. So mm -hmm. that's how things change. And this is uh, what makes it now possible also for car manufacturers with high purchase values like a car to uh, go online. Mm. You just need to think about, let's say, the old way. You need to you need to have service contacts. So you need to have a service network because cars can break down. Yes, they do. Um, it's not a surprise to anybody. Mm. Um, they break down, so you need service. Um, then uh, you still need somebody to talk to here and there. So you need to make mm -hmm. sure you have a good customer care. And um, this is all things you need to think of. There's there's a lot of new assets in in the in the service set, in the service portfolio that we offer, that mm. become more and more important than they were before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with, with people understanding online business more and trusting online business more, also regulations for online business being extended every day, basically, um, mm. and, and making it more secure for uh, the customer to purchase online, um, I think uh, it's, it's just the time for it right now. Mm. And um, that's why also uh, other car manufacturers are looking into this, going that path, and I'm pretty sure they will in the future too. Okay. Continue that path. The whole industry is, I mean, it's been shaken up by, by Tesla, obviously. Your competitor Tesla um, has done a lot of things, you know, to, to worry uh, traditional car manufacturers. In the beginning, they uh, everybody was laughing at them. And, and now you can see there's, uh, there's a couple really, really interesting players coming into the game such as yourself um and and traditional car manufacturers you know they i mean they they're they have a headache you know yeah uh, at the end of the day so it's really interesting to to follow this industry in general i mean it's a it's a great reflection of you know how change impacts like organizations and like product lines and the way we live and everything absolutely about being different you know um i have two questions so the first one is more about The company, the second one is more about yourself. So you're different by design. So your CEO is not a business guy. He's a designer. You know, on social, you're different. You know, you're accepting design suggestions from the community for your products, you know, for future ideas. And uh, the way you produce content is also different. You know, you do it through innovative contests. Do you have like a, a being different manifesto? Uh, written in the company um, or or does this just happen naturally or do you have to like really stick to being different uh, I, i would say it's both um i think uh, it's it's part of the daily business when you when you hire people that do not come from the automotive industry necessarily mm -hmm. as we talked about it before on the other hand um yes i mean our ceo uh, he he has always been part of the automotive industry he designed uh, cars for skoda before vw and, and other companies and um he's he's a great designer he was already well respected uh, before he uh, was also helping volvo um uh, with uh, the 10 years before he joined i think the 10 years i don't quote me on that um 
before and, and all the Volvos that you might know from, from the new Volvo style. Mm. He was a big part of designing those. Mm. He really knows what he's doing. He has a very certain, um, certain uh, perspective to this, which helps us right now as well. Mm. So let's talk design first, because I think a lot of car manufacturers producing EVs um, or designing them, even if it's, if it's EVs or if it's, if it's hybrid cars, mm. um, they had this vision of the future um, and, and it needs to look like a, like, a, like a spaceship somehow. And it, needs to, it, it shouldn't have too many lines, outlines mm. as well. Again, it should be very round. And uh, you, you see that with the Tesla. And, and I'm, I'm not going to argue uh, if, if Tesla, is a, is a, as an example, is a good looking car or not. I, I even like it too. Um, so it's a very subjective topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, what um, is important to the design of electric vehicles is that it's quite tricky to design an electric vehicle um, that looks very much like a car that you are used from before. There is reasons why cars have been designed the way they were designed uh, in the past years or in the past century. Um, and it has a lot to do with uh, with the wind braking and those kind of things. Yeah, obviously you need an engine, you need storage and all that stuff. You know, people exactly. Have to fit. Yeah, of course. Exactly. And this changes now completely. Now you have the batteries, and you want to you want to put them. And, and the batteries take the most space in the car. Um, you want to put them somewhere where they're safe, where they're secure, and do not take too much space. And still, you want to make sure that the car somehow is functional, so it, it breaks the wind in a certain way. And um, I, I don't want to talk about it as if I would be the designer. This is really stuff I'm, I'm picking up from, from our design team and, and our CEO, which you can read online as well. But um, I think we achieved to produce an electric vehicle uh, that is as safe as a Volvo is, but with the design of a car as well um, mm. and not um, looking like a, like a spaceship or anything like that. Um, and I think this is, this is really... Uh, how I would put it myself. And then again, design is very subjective, but we receive a lot of positive feedback on it. And um, this design approach, um, as our CEO now is is uh, is the, the designer himself, you, you can really feel and see that throughout every part of the company. So if it's our headquarter, if it's our visual language that we use in advertising, um, it, it doesn't matter what it is. You see this design language everywhere. It's very minimalistic, mm. Swedish minimalism, as you, if you will. Mm. And um, I think that is uh, something that people these days like a lot. I mean, there's yeah, a reason absolutely. why Swedish design and furniture is, is um, popular, so yeah. not yeah, only absolutely. well-known and popular. All the Nordics, you know, also like Danish design, you know, IKEA. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, you know, is a yeah. is a is a front runner of like simple design. You know, it's 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 minimalistic but functional, and yeah. and that's what it's all about. Um, people care about things looking nice, but they don't want the the unnecessary pieces. They want the functional pieces still in mm. there. So um, yeah, I think this is this is one of the one of the most important things for us um, as a as a design brand as well. Mm. And then. Um, Yes, we, we do value and know about our community um, and, and we do not only need them, but we love them. And um, uh, I think there's a lot of great designers out there. I think it's always, it, it, and it doesn't matter if it's car design, if it's any other design. Um, and I think what is also great with this design competition that we did is there's designers from many, many different industries. Uh, and if, if you see the submissions, there's a boat in it, uh, for mm-hmm. example. So the idea was, People could design anything they want under the roof of the Polestar brand. Do I understand correctly? 
There's actually a self-grown design community uh, out there on um, uh, on Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's it's uh, it was built in Sweden uh, of people that really like the Polestar design and and they were handing in voluntarily their 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 designs of cars, of pieces of the car, of other pieces like or other other um, vehicles, of other uh, elements. It could be literally anything because they saw a certain CI in, in design mm -hmm. that uh, we have as Polestar and they put this on other on other stuff as well if it if it's bottles if it's if it's motorcycles whatever it could be mm -hmm. and this design this design community was growing and we we just tried to collaborate with them because there's a lot of good input in there and mm -hmm. uh, i mean it's it's a very strong community of very talented people and uh, yeah there was a, a competition put out there where people could actually hand in whatever they wanted to and as you see there was a boat handed in that also mm -hmm. won uh, as one of the top three mm -hmm. they went quite crazy with their designs if you see their designs you would immediately say even without seeing the logo oh this this goes into the direction of polestar so they kind of met our our design style as well mm -hmm. there was a lot a lot of people that handed in uh, uh work and um it was great work in there uh, i think for the for our global team it was a, a very very tough decision which was mm -hmm. basically made by our ceo himself uh, and and his uh, and our chief designer which is maximisoni um and uh, yeah this is uh, is quite interesting interesting competition if you're interested the community still exists on instagram and it's 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 still growing and still we can put it in the show notes it's i think it's just called polestar design community right exactly oh, exactly oh. it's really cool i'm following them it's it's really 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 interesting How much do you think the creativity is, is you know, part of selling a, uh, an electric vehicle? I mean, a lot of people buy electric vehicle for the sake of buying electric, I would say, because people mm -hmm. make a conscious decision, just like you would say, like, you're not, you know, going to eat meat anymore. You're just probably going to say, okay, I'm going to drive electric from now on or ride the bike. How much does the creativity of the marketing of the car in the car influence the purchasing decision? I think it's uh, very, very important. I think it's what differentiates. Um, and as the whole industry is growing, uh, you need to differentiate yourself. Um, and you need to find a certain angle to not only your product, but also your brand specifically. And um, I think, therefore, it's, it's really, really important that um, you are creative, but you are creative with a certain target or goal. You need to know where you want to go and what you want to say and what you want to do. So mm. you could argue when designing a car, It shouldn't just be like a crazy creative design, but it should also be functional, right? And mm -hmm. the same, I would say, applies for any any advertising for any campaign that we do. Um, it needs to be creative. People need to. We want to put a smile onto people's face, or at least have them think about certain topics and and make certain topics relevant, like sustainability. And it needs to be functional too. So we need to get a message across in the end. Mm -hmm. So uh, it applies for both. And therefore, I think creativity, but it has always been like that, is, is very, very important to differentiate. Um, and uh, just comparing now the, the new electric mobility with what has been out there before. I think, um, as you said, certain people buy a certain product. And for the past 10 years, there have been electric vehicles available. Not many, but a few. Um, I mean, Tesla is out there since many years and, and there have been a couple of other ones before as well. Mm. Um, and the people that purchase those, because usually what happened was uh, it was an old car design and there was an electric engine put in. 
So there were not many options. Um, so people purchased this because of their beliefs uh, mm. in in, um, in in this in this movement. Yeah. In this movement, exactly. We're pioneers, if you want. We we still like people purchasing and are still are pioneers, in my opinion, um, because where we see the the whole industry going, we are really at the beginning of still. Mm. Um, yeah, compared so, to combustion engines, it's still uh, the absolute minority of cars being sold with electric. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. And then also think about how fast it develops right now and how much time the combustion engine industry had to develop to where it is yeah. right now. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, just imagine the same time. Uh, where, where can we be in 100 years now? Um, yeah, I, I cannot even imagine. <laughs> in 100 years, I cannot really. I mean, obviously, you can paint like a picture of the future, um, of the near future. You can. I guess it's easier to paint a picture of like what's going to happen in 10 years versus next year. And but also, Absolutely. it's easier to say ten years versus in a hundred years, you know, because yeah. you, you don't really know. But I think I think now something really interesting is happening. Um, so um, you you had the example of somebody just uh, not eating meat because they believe in in, in, in something. Um, so they they purchase an alternative product. Let's say ten years ago, um, I mean, there were always vegetarian and vegan people, but now there is also a big trend in in in, in vegan food. So uh, back in the days, there was not so too many alternatives uh, of um, alternative products for meat, for example. Hmm. Um, there were maybe a few and that were purchased just because they were there. Um, but then as this trend goes on and the industry becomes bigger, um, there is new brands coming into the game trying to differentiate. And they put more emphasis on selling the product in a more sexy way on the one hand. Maybe they have better functionality. Maybe they have better design. Not just, I mean, design is, again, very subjective always. They try to market it in a more creative way. Uh, and this creative way might even bring their message across better. So um, I think right now it's just a little bit of time for the second movers as well. Mm -hmm. um, and with second movers for, for the average person out there, we are all still first movers because it's mm -hmm. new electric vehicles. But um, obviously, the real first movers were the first electric vehicles um, that were not so, that were not sold on a an, on a mass market. Uh, Tesla was the first one made for a mass market then, and uh, that was kind of a, a pioneering move as well. The way they they sold their cars, yeah. also digitally, direct to consumer. I mean, there were there was like I mean, the Toyota Prius. You know, it's. Leonardo DiCaprio drove it a Toyota Prius hybrid like 10, 10, 15 years ago. Exactly. Those those were the real pioneers, right? Or the 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 guys from Croatia, uh, what are they called? Rematch, that did those 1,000 horsepower all-electric supercar, you know, that raced the Bugatti. Uh, I mean, I think it's they've been there for a while. I mean, but you're absolutely right, you know, they're pioneers. They, they were the pioneers. And, and again, I think we're still pioneers and our customers are still pioneers. Um, but now we have, first of all, the development um, had, or we had 10 more years to develop this, this whole thing. Um, people are starting to believe in it. Uh, the technology is at a level where you can produce it for a mass market now. Mm. And then um, we come into a game like that where we have more experience. We are a company that resulted out of, out of Volvo, right? And mm. uh, uh, so we have, uh, our CEO was working for Volvo before, um, a lot of our engineers too. So um, we know what it means to build a car. And we owe a lot to companies like Tesla that just were throwing cars out there. But that doesn't mean that um, everything is, 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 is perfect what they do. And we, we have a lot more experience on other parts where we can now offer security 
a different design together with the batteries that we offer. Mm. Um, and then uh, still other functionality. So you have another quality feeling when you get in the car um, uh, than, than with other electric vehicles here and there. Mm. So um, it's just time to, uh, to, to move on and, and develop the, not only the technology itself, but also the rest that stands for a car mm. further. I have a question. You were talking about belief, and I would like to draw um, or I would like to compare two uh, different types of brands with each other. So you're owned by Volvo, which is a traditional car manufacturer. And um, if we go to another industry, there's the brand Oatly, which does uh, oat milk. And um, they were, I mean, they also stand for a, a mass marketable, very, very nice uh, product. Um, that is different from regular milk, so from cow milk. Um, but they got a, a real shitstorm when like a traditional investor invested into their company. Why doesn't an electric car manufacturer such as yourself get a shitstorm, even though you're invested by uh, a traditional car company? Yeah, so first of all, just uh, to get the data correct, uh, we are um, 50% owned by Volvo and 50% owned by Geely. Uh, which is the uh, which is the overarching company that is also in the end owning Volvo though, um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but obviously it adds uh, a part to the table. Um, and uh, well, I, I I do understand the example. Uh, I think it sometimes really depends on the reason why you do things. And uh, I think for us it was a really smart decision. I don't I don't know necessarily why the decision was made to put Pulsar on uh, on its own legs, if you want. But it was a very smart decision, if you ask me, um, because uh, a company dealing with um, basically a lot of car, car dealerships out there and, and selling combustion engines and the whole business relying on combustion engines cannot move as mm. fast to electric mobility because, True. again, it changes the game, right? You don't have, you could argue we, we do the same with all the car um, dealerships out there, but our business model is different. Mm. So... Um, Being a direct-to-consumer brand, uh, you don't have those dealerships anymore. Uh, a lot of people uh, complain about this, that there's there's not that many jobs in the car industry anymore, but the jobs in the end are added on other sides, right? It's it's more about software development and those kind of things where, mm. where the job goes now. Um, and uh, I think the, the shitstorm... Um, We are also lucky that we result out of Volvo because Volvo is a very like, very much liked brand. It's kind of the family brand. Um, there is not a lot of negative opinions about Volvo. Volvo's, Volvo's has always been one of the first brands going into um, the direction more safe cars. Um, they're the first ones um, that actually putting all their cars out there uh, to a limit of 180 kilometers an hour this year. So every Volvo you buy now has this limit. Um, and uh, in people uh, in Germany, people um, a lot of people don't like that. They ask themselves, like, why would you do that? But if you know that Germany is the only country, I guess, in Germany, I think, uh, where you are still allowed to go more than um, 130 on a on a highway, then why would you ever produce? And, and then looking at statistics, how often you actually go faster than that, it doesn't make any sense to produce a car mm. that goes that fast. Um, and uh, also uh, when you look at, at uh, accident statistics as well, so I think it's a it's a very um, very very brave move uh, mm. to do that, and I I, I really support it. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think the image that they have is just supporting us. It's a secure image. 
it's an image of high quality because Volvo is producing very, very high quality cars. Uh, again, Swedish uh, minimalistic design too. So there's nothing really negative about it. And um, Volvo is also trying to go uh, into electric mobility more and more right now. But um, you can't move as fast as a new brand can um, mm. into a new message, meaning sustainability and play with sustainability on all ends, uh, being totally transparent about all CO2 emissions, etc., etc. So um, I think it was a very smart decision to put it on to put Pulsar on their own legs uh, mm. as a brand, um, because from the beginning we could really push in towards that direction, and this helps us a lot. Still, people understand where we're coming from and our development, our car development still happens a lot together with Volvo, right? So um, this is, um, it's it, for me, I would say it's a win-win. It, we have to see how the market behaves as Volvo has so loyal customers as well. Um, I don't think this will, like our products will harm them in any way. Um, and uh, we, we see how the business behaves, but it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Interesting answer, um, but I, I must agree, and I think the audience also must agree that this makes a lot of sense. Um, so the second question I have was more about yourself uh, and creativity. Um, I I saw that also for Red Bull, you you know d you did a VR art exhibition uh, a while ago, um, and you also for Polestar you did those you know creative videos about sustainability and all those things. How um, how are you pushing yourself to become more creative as a manager? Um, ooh, good question. Um, so in general, to 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 start there, I as mentioned have like a, a passion for combining creativity with like a business need and with a strategy. Um, I think um, in the digital age that we live in, there is so many so much new technology on the market every day um, that offers access to in a very different way to different audiences. So um, I always try to find a new solution for something that people are used to. Let's say it like that. Um, if that is provided by a new technology, by a new message or new style of doing things, um, potentially that is uh, also a reason why I like the job I'm in so much because we mm. try to do things different at Polestar. Um, and just to just to hit up on um, this this example that you mentioned, there were a couple of, of virtual reality uh, projects that I try to work uh, on at, at uh, Red Bull. Um, this 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 piece of consumer activations or this field of consumer activations is basically uh, you run a small competition that you can participate in when you purchase a can of Red Bull to uh, get closer to either an athlete, an event. You can win something, but you need to participate. So it's also a community driving method in the end um, and it has been done many many times and we were always searching for new ways to do things for for new ways how to how to run this competition how people can participate and obviously having uh, in, in, uh, an eye out there on what new technology is there that is driving the community so that they might be interested in and mm. virtual reality was just like a, a very new thing um, and uh, obviously we're not on top of the game, there were companies that, that go totally nuts or went totally nuts with, with virtual reality products, but they were super niche and, and really for the right audience. So we need to make sure we can make um, a technology kind of accessible to the mass audience again. Um, and uh, well, this, this project that we, that we offered was just a way how to tell a story and offer a different angle. So this, this whole um, VR exhibition, in the end, it was... Um, a competition that was running for Red Bull for a long time already, but it, it happened in 2D. So people were literally um, 
like the it was all about the the scribbles that you that you paint while you're sitting in a in school and stuff that you put on paper while you're listening to somebody else just small drawings and there's actually professionals out there for for those doodles they are called doodles mm. and um we thought that uh it would be super interesting to if those people are very very creative the opportunity to do this in 3d so in a in a, in a three-dimensional room uh even though it's a virtual one um, and uh, there was this new technology. Uh, I don't exactly remember. The, I think it was Google Paint or something like that. When um, was that? This was about like 2015, 16. Oh, this 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 is at least yeah. I would say five, six, maybe seven years ago. Yeah, maybe seven, seven to eight. Okay. Even. Um, when, and I uh, mean, back then it was like really new i mean nowadays obviously vr is not that new anymore but back then it was really new it was really like it, everybody was like wow yeah it was it was the first time that we vr actually hit the stores so you could buy the 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 the, the virtual reality um headsets and those kind of things but they were super expensive and there were only a few out there um but we partnered with with uh, uh google that day uh, back in the days and um then uh, uh we invited all the winners of the 2D doodle art to come to San Francisco and have a certain time frame. So we, we, we made a competition of all the winners, if you will. Mm. And they had the chance to get a two-day training on the tool itself and then paint the same thing they did before in 3D. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the reactions, and this was, that was, that was uh, quite surprising, but it can also mirror a little bit what's, what's happening today with new technology as well, is um, there were... Either the people that really liked it and they saw this as a chance to put their artwork on t into, uh, up to a new level, to, to a new height, if you want. Um, and even though it sometimes didn't turn out as they wanted to, they were super excited about it and liked this opportunity. And there were others, uh, very competitive people as well, that um, couldn't execute what they were able to execute in 2D and 3D. So they actually had breakdowns there and mm -hmm. they were like super... Um, uh, pissed about yeah. uh, this this new technology. Yeah, that I mean, th this must be confusing to them. It was really confusing, and um, I, I understood it, um, it, but it was really really interesting to see uh, for us. Um, in the end, still the the product, the outcome itself, we we needed to make sure, um, and this was something that was that's always challenging when you have new technology that you use you need to make it accessible for the mass audience so a 3d product like that we needed to put into um, a, a frame that people can actually enjoy it on their screen at home it worked quite well but we figured also out it, it's a it's a niche product still mm. um, but that was quite interesting but uh, we were then working with and, and you asked me how how i try to push for creativity i i really just enjoy doing something new because i also think when you do something new in a way that it makes sense then people will pick it up and talk about it so uh mm. you you get more more interested people in it people are very in general very interested in new things um that are not just done to be new but but also have a purpose to it i think that's the interesting part of it that's where i try to push myself because i always think there's there's many things that uh can have a better purpose still with 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 trying to execute it in a different or new way mm. um and uh, yeah, that's that, just VR. That was just one example of many, many projects there uh, on, on, on different levels where we try to change the game a little bit. Yep. We're already 
kind of like coming to an end with the, with the time we have. Um, I would like to ask another like end question. What can we expect of you in, in this year and next year? You know, what are we going to see that is like different? Um, so first of all, what's not going to be that different, but, but still, uh, still cool is, um, that we will offer a couple of new models of the Polestar. So the design will be the same, but we offer it with different engines, uh, as I mentioned before. So it will become cheaper, uh, and, and uh, better suitable for just the daily usage on the street. Uh, if you're just in a city, so new variants, hmm. we have a cool new, uh, a couple of cool new partnerships, um, and collaborations, uh, in the pipeline, uh, with a strong focus on sustainability. Again, this is really what we want to push for. Um, and then we obviously have an extension or a couple of extensions of successful collaborations and partnerships we did in 2020 already, which we are really looking forward towards as well. Um, and uh, really excited to, to see those come to life. With those partnerships, um, I mean, after the lockdown, we will be able to uh, open our remaining spaces in Germany. So currently we have three open and, and there's, there's four more coming. Um, so as soon as the lockdown is over, we will we will open up the remaining ones. You can imagine them as kind of flagship um, brand experience centers of Polestar in, in mm. seven big cities in Germany, really in the inner city, where you would usually expect like an Apple store as well, etc. cetera. Mm. Those will come to life because we will, we have with those partnerships and with other uh, ideas, we have a lot of events coming, coming to life. We want to, We want to have a close connection to the community. So we're going to invite the community. Those spaces are not just like stores that are open until 8 p.m. We want to, we want to execute events there. We want to bring people uh, together talking about topics like design, sustainability, and really do something to, to bring those topics forward. Cool. I mean, um, obviously, uh, when you're listening to this, uh, also Polestar and Charitec are going to team up in 2021 um, and we're going to also do something creative together. Um, there will be a couple of chances for the Charitec community to um, get in touch with Polestar. So obviously you can go into the spaces uh, anytime, but uh, we will have some, some cool stuff waiting for you. Max, I would like to thank you for your time. It was very, very interesting um, also to get a, a nice inside view of, you know, how a new car manufacturer operates in the market. Um, a couple of clues for me also that I didn't know of yet. Um, and I've been following uh, your brand for a while now. Is there anything you would like to say as a, as a closing statement? Well, thanks for, for having me and whoever is listening, uh, stay tuned for what we have uh, in the pipeline for 2021 and uh, follow us wherever you can. Um, try to fire on all channels and uh, feel free to, to join us in our spaces and, and uh, get to know our brand and, and products. Book a test drive, come into the spaces when, whenever you can and uh, happy to, to see you there. Thanks very much and everybody in the audience if you want to know um, about a couple of things we talked about just check out the show notes uh, everything relevant is going to be written down there uh, you can also check out the blog obviously you can visit uh, the Polestar um, spaces LinkedIn recruiters can write Max on LinkedIn uh, I guess <laughs> uh, they can try um, everybody have a good day and tune in soon bye <laughs>